This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. I'm Donna Chavis, and this is Messianic Vision. We have a very special guest today that many of you may already know. He is the host of the internationally popular television program, Jewish Voice with Jonathan Burness. On this program, Jonathan will unlock a greater knowledge about the last days and how God is fulfilling his word in our generation. Welcome to Messianic Vision, Jonathan. Donna, great to be back with you. You know what, Jonathan? I have to say, when, when I came to work here with Sid a few years ago, I have learned so much about the significance of Israel and the Jewish people. But your new book has been even more eye-opening for me. Now, there's two things that we're going to talk about today that are so, so important for every believer to know, and that is Israel's role in the end times and the blessing that is promised to all of us who bless Israel. So, Jonathan, we've got a lot of exciting things to talk about. But first, I want to ask you about something that you told me, a, a recent anointing that you are sensing in your ministry. I began in ministry with a supernatural call to my own people, the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, the, the ministry was launched through a sovereign move of the Holy Spirit on me. Now, recently, that has kind of reemerged in my life. So our, as a ministry, Jewish Voice is taking weeks off of fasting and prayer, and there's a fresh new hunger to move in the supernatural, a fresh new uh, faith that God wants to move in creative miracles uh, in our ministry, which is focused on the Jewish people, we're seeing yes. miracles in places like Africa and developing nations. But we want to see these kinds of miracles more often now in Jewish ministry in America. And so I just have this sense in my heart that God is about to release in in America a fresh new healing, yes. anointing, miracle uh anointing for creative miracles. So I'm very excited in my spirit about that. 2018. And this is, for all of you listening, is going to be a supernatural year of miracles for you, for your ministry, for your family. Amen. Amen. And just, you know, about ministering, uh, what you've been doing, your ministry has actually been going into to, uh, countries. And, I mean, you minister to tens of thousands of people every year, and you've been treating them medically, and you also have prayer for them. And what kind of supernatural miracles have you been seeing there? Well, we've been seeing quite a few miracles. We're working, remember, Donna, in the bush mm -hmm. of Zimbabwe, in the mountains of Ethiopia. Many of these people have never seen a doctor, have never seen a dentist, and we, we have incredible stories of people that uh, have been born deaf and, and, uh, and blind yes. uh, and, and recovered sight, recovered their hearing. What's so amazing about these, some of these miracles is that they grow up in communities that they never leave. Mm -hmm. And so there's tribal elders mm -hmm. and hundreds of people that they've lived with. And so when they get healed... It's a huge event. Uh, you know, I used to read in the book of Acts where a whole community got saved. Yes. And I didn't understand it in the same way that I do now, but it's based on people that aren't as transient. And so when someone that's been uh, deaf and dumb since birth mm -hmm. is supernaturally receives mm -hmm. their hearing, it affects the whole community because they know this young man. And we've had that happen a few times. I, I was sometime back, I was up in the... Uh, northern part of Ethiopia in a city called Gondar, mm -hmm. and a teenager uh, who was uh, deaf since since birth, he was born without eardrums, uh, received his hearing, and I was testing him. I was standing behind him, whispering into his ear, 
he was repeating it. And I watched the faces of the elders of the community, some of them overjoyed Mm -hmm. and some of them just outright upset because they didn't know how to understand this. Sure. The kinds of miracles we're seeing. And then uh, we just we just recently, uh, last year, in fact, uh, one of our outreach workers led an entire Jewish community to the Lord because the elder had a vision, had a, a vision or a dream mm-hmm. of someone that would come, an emissary that would come uh, and tell them about the rising of the sun. Now, he thought it was the sun, S-U-N. Right. But when he heard the proclamation of the sun, Jesus, Yeshua, S-O-N, he said, I've been expecting you and the whole community, about 70-some Jewish people were saved that in that in that hour i guess it's like you said these people stay in these communities in these villages all their life so what a testament to people that have known these people all of their life and they see a a true creative miracle and the power of god demonstrated it's amazing you see them responding the same way as they do in the book of acts some immediately believe Mm -hmm. while others are actually angered uh, because we're dealing with in a spiritual realm, right? And some spirits are being attracted; people are being attracted to the gospel, and others it actually repels. Mm-hmm. That's that's what the, happens when the power of God is moving. Jonathan, you know, at the beginning of the program, I was talking about your new book, Unlocking the Prophetic Mysteries of Israel. And I know some people may ask, and I know I did before, before I knew anything about it, what does Israel have to do with the end times? And you say, more than most people think. Tell us about that. I would go even further and say just about everything. Yeah. Because without Israel, there is no last last days. And without Israel, there is no Messiah. Uh, so the role that the Jewish people have have played in history uh, needs to be better understood and appreciated by Christians. Mm-hmm. But equally as important is the role that Israel is currently playing and will play in the days to come. Because it's not we're not talking about just another people group, Donna. We're not talking about right. another country. We're talking about God's redemptive plan for mankind, for the whole world, and Israel is at the center of that redemptive plan. The the whole basis of the book is that God so loved the world Mm -hmm. that he gave his only begotten son, but that Israel is the key to to, to God's heart for the redemption of mankind. Yes. And, And so every Christian should be concerned about Israel because it ties into their own future and their own salvation and Mm -hmm. their own uh, future in what God has planned for the world. Right. And you know what? You give some very important reasons that we need to be looking at Israel for these prophetic signs. There's three reasons that you said that we need to be looking at them. Israel, uh, and I talk about this in detail in the book, isn't just a land. It's a people that have been scattered throughout through different times in history mm-hmm. uh, to the nations of the world. And God is restoring the people of Israel both back to himself spiritually and back to the land that he promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob mm-hmm. physically. Mm-hmm. When I talk about Israel, I'm talking about both the land and the people and the people back in the land. All of those things have prophetic significance. So I just, I wanted to lay that out. Sure. Yeah, sure. For Christians to understand, it's not just the land of Israel over in the Middle East. It's about a people that God is restoring, about about tribes, lost tribes that are being recovered now as a sign of the last days. It's like an Indiana Jones mystery, but yes. of looking for the lost ark, we're looking for the lost people. Yeah, and you know what? We have a lot of prophecies surrounding some of these things that you're talking about, and then and then even in this, these days right now, we see this happening right now. Not only do we see it happening right now, but it's more significant than, than end-time teachers uh, seem to be aware of, and uh, it's right happening right before our mm-hmm. very eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like sometimes books on the last days 
are stretching so far into a, uh, things like the, a coming battle and, a, mm-hmm. and the mark of the beast mm-hmm. and who the Antichrist is when there's things happening right before our very eyes that are directly connected to the last days. For example, Jesus said before the end comes, the gospel, the good news, has to be proclaimed in every nation. That, that word in Greek is ethnos. The gospel, in other words, has to go to every people group, to every language, before Jesus can return. Jesus himself said that, that said that those words, and he connected it with his return, with the last mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. And Donna, that's happening now in a greater way than, than any time in history. Jonathan, you've listed three important reasons, uh, things that are happening that uh, that tell us that yes, indeed, we need to be looking at Israel for the, uh, the for the prophetic. I have, done, and there are things that are often overlooked by many who teach end-time Bible prophecy, sadly, but they're huge. They're at the, they're the, they're, these are centerpieces of the last days uh, when you look closely. Uh, the first one is that the Bible tells us that in the end of the age, in other words, before Jesus returns, the Jewish people re- will return to Israel mm-hmm. from the various nations they've been scattered to. Right. That's happening now, the Jewish people not only have come back into their land with the restoration of Israel and Jerusalem, but are returning now from where they've been scattered. That is Bible prophecy mm-hmm. happening now. Mm-hmm. The second thing is that God says that in the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit on the Jewish people, on all flesh as well, but specifically on the Jewish people. I will pour out my spirit and you will live again. Mm-hmm. Donna, that's happening today and seems to be off the radar. Today, there's over 500 Messianic Jewish congregations, over 100 in Israel alone, uh, and they're flourishing. This yes. growing movement yes. of Jews who believe in Jesus and say, I'm still Jewish also. I've just found my Messiah. And then the third thing is, and this is so important, when the Messiah comes, when he returns, he's not going to return to New York He's not coming to Rome. He's coming to a restored Jerusalem. He's returning to Israel. Right. That's which right. Is why Israel had to be back under the control of the Jewish people and Jerusalem specifically. And Donna, let me add why there's so much conflict today mm. over Israel, particularly over Jerusalem and the Temple Mount, because that's where Jesus is going to return bodily, physically. And folks, listen, any doctrine that teaches that this is spiritual, that this is realized spiritually. In other words, that Jesus will return to a heavenly Jerusalem, or this is just uh, this is just uh, has a spiritual meaning. Mm-hmm. Wrong. Run in the other direction. Jesus is going to return physically, bodily, to Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives will will uh, uh, will break into two. And he'll enter through the Temple Mount through the Golden Gate. It's blocked now, but that won't stop our Messiah from returning and entering into his temple. Right. You know what, Jonathan, one of the things that I loved so much about this book, um, for, for people like me who are still learning how significant some of these things are, you know, I, I hear some teaching, and uh, a, a lot of it is very uh, generalized and, and, and very vague, but this book to me is is so specific. Like these things that you were just telling us, these are prophetic things dealing with Israel that are happening now that is so, so specific. And also, it's so practical in the fact that you give it you give this information out in keys that are easy to understand these are keys that will help you unlock these mysteries that people don't know about Israel so let's talk about that for a couple of minutes before we go to break um, what is what would you say is one of the first keys uh, that will help us understand this well let me give you the first key and and just add this that when you begin to look at these things these keys, Yes. You start to see them more and more and more in Scripture. That That's true when it comes to healing and miracles and the supernatural. Mm-hmm. When your eyes are open to those truths, you start to see more and more Scriptures that support that, and you wonder, why didn't I see this before? And the reason is because we all have spiritual blinders that mm-hmm. the Lord wants to remove. It's like peeling an onion. And when that when a layer of the onion gets peeled back, 
We have more freedom. We have more wisdom. We have more supernatural knowledge and revelation, and it changes our lives and the lives of people around us. So here's the first, the first key. The first key is what I call the seed promise, and it deals with a question that, that uh, I don't think enough believers are asking. Why does Satan hate the Jews so much? Mm-hmm. Well, the answer is he knows something that many Christians don't know about the Jewish people, and it's a key that unlocks a prophetic mystery. The seed promise goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, Donna, where after the fall of Adam and Eve and this terrible shift that takes place in the world mm-hmm. uh, in the fall, where um, uh, the serpent is cursed, and then there's, there is this um, uh, banishing from the garden, Uh, Sin comes into the world, death comes into the world, sickness comes into the world. The world is radically changed. And you you make this very simple to understand. Satan hates Israel and the Jewish people because God's plan to redeem this world comes through the Jewish people. Exactly. And Genesis 3.15, in the midst of this fall uh, of this terrible tragedy, is I will provide a Redeemer that through the seed of the uh, of the woman, your head, Satan, will be crushed. In mm. other words, there's a death sentence that's pronounced in the Garden of Eden over Satan. He is He has a death sentence that's been hanging over his head that will be carried out by the seed of the woman. Mm-hmm. You don't know who the seed of the woman mm-hmm. is? It's Yeshua. It's Jesus. Right. But the second thing, then, is that the seed promise in Genesis 12 it, we're told, comes through a man named Abram at the time. He mm-hmm. uh, changed His name has changed to Abraham. But this man, Abram, is going to carry the seed mm-hmm. that will bring forth this Redeemer, the seed of the woman, in other words, right. declared to be in the loins of Abraham. And Satan, who's been under this death sentence, I believe has a very logical uh, uh, plan and uh, and project to destroy the children of Abraham to keep this death sentence from ever happening. And you know what? I noticed, too, that, that that is actually one of your keys to unlocking these mysteries when you start talking about this promise, this blessing that God had for Abraham and those that would follow after him. Absolutely. This is all about our redemption, Donna. This isn't about the Jewish people. This is about our redemption. Mm-hmm. This is about the redemption my friends, of your family members. This is about the redemption of your community. We're talking about our victory being tied up in the defeat of Satan. And when you understand how the Jewish people tie into this, you understand something that Satan has understood now for millennia. Yes. And he, God, God wants his people to understand these mysteries. Yes, yes. And, you know, when, when I look at that in your teaching in your book, this, this that God gave this blessing, this promise to Abraham and his descendants, and it's just like you spoke to the people that are listening today, that includes us, Jonathan. That's right. In fact, there's, there, he, he's choosing us in Genesis chapter 12. When God says in Genesis 12, chapter 12, I will bless those who bless you and curse mm. one who curses you. It has two two things I want to point out. One, we come under blessing when we bless the Jewish people. Everyone comes under blessing when we bless the Jewish people. It's an eternal decree mm-hmm. that's just as powerful today as it was when it was it, it was declared by God Himself. And those individuals and nations that have cursed Israel have been cursed, mm-hmm. and we see this we see this repeated itself throughout history. But the the other thing I want to point out is that through Christ, through Messiah, everyone becomes a son or daughter of Abraham. Right. Through the Messiah. You don't have to convert to Judaism. So many people say, oh, I wish I was born Jewish. I wish I was Jewish. Guess what? You're a son of Abraham. You're a daughter of Abraham. And so all the blessings given to the Jewish people you've now become an inheritor of. It's mm-hmm. an incredible, incredible uh, promise. Incredible, yes. Everyone listening. Yes, and you know what? Um, Sid says that a lot of times, too. You know, uh, God will bless those who bless Israel. So I have a question for you, Jonathan. 
How can we bless the Jewish people? What do we do? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) I know Sid's glad you asked. Yes. (laughs) There's very specific, practical things that Christians can do to bless the Jewish people that go beyond just having Judaic in your home. Uh, The first one and the most important one is to pray for the Jewish people to come to know their Messiah. Uh, And that's the only plan that will succeed in the Middle East. The only peace plan is through the Prince of Peace. So that's the first thing. Pray for the Jewish people to come to know their Messiah. The second thing is we need to proclaim. So pray, number one, to proclaim. We need to share our faith tactfully, led by the Spirit with signs and wonders, but we need to proclaim our faith to the Jewish people that God has put into our life. That co-worker, that neighbor, that extended relative is not there by accident. You need to to proclaim in word and deed. You need to provoke that Jewish person in your life to jealousy mm-hmm. by, by, by demonstrating that you have a relationship with God that they don't have and they need. You can show them that you have a living, vibrant relationship with the living God and let them know it's not the God of Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's the God of Israel. It's their God. It's their Messiah. It's not Jesus Christ son of Mr. and Mrs. Christ, the God of Christianity. <laughs> it's the Jewish Messiah. Uh, the third thing you can give, you can, you can bless ministries like Messianic Vision and Jewish Voice that are reaching out to the people of Israel, that are reaching out to both the land, the people in the land of Israel, and the Jewish people scattered throughout the nations. You can bless Israel financially and then stand up for the Jewish people. Don't remain silent. I love what it says in Isaiah. I've said, watchmen on the walls of O Jerusalem. You're the watchman. That word watchman in Hebrew actually means Christian. It's notrim. You believers are called to be watchmen on the walls of Jerusalem and give the Lord no rest yes. until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. So speak out on behalf of the Jewish people, don't remain silent and cry out to God as a watchman on the wall of Jerusalem. Yes, and I know that is definitely something that you do, Jonathan. There's just one more question I want to ask you right before we go to break. And, you know, you were mentioning the covenant. Now, this all put in motion a new covenant, a new covenant promise from God for for believers today. So the reason, Donna, that I add this as a key, a, a prophetic key, is that the New Testament has been understood by most Christians to be something distinct from the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. The New Covenant promise is from Jeremiah 31, and it's made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It's made to the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob with four specific promises made to them that Christians have now inherited by being grafted into what Romans 11 calls the olive tree, mm-hmm. like wild branches in mm-hmm. the olive tree. Let me lay out the four of them very quickly. First of all, we're told in this covenant that's made with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, the Jewish people, and then God says, despite their disobedience. In other words, God's saying, I know you've been disobedient. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to cut you off as replacement theology teaches. I'm not going to do away with you, but I'm going to give you a new covenant with four promises. First of all, I'm going to write my laws on your hearts and minds. I love that. There's something different that separates this from the Mosaic covenant, and that is that the law of God is not changing, but it's moving from the tablets and the parchment to the heart. Right. It's becoming internalized. It's no longer external. It's now internal. Mm -hmm. God is going to write his covenant, which includes the the law, if you will, on our hearts and minds. I want to give you an example of that if we have time, Donna. Okay. All right. So when I was first became a believer, I'm 20 years old, I had a habit, a terrible habit of of stealing. I, I, I was trying to look for another word that was... Oh, no. I go into, I don't grocery shopping, and I'd put the cheap groceries in the cart, and I'd wear an army jacket, and I would 
uh, always take a can of macadamia nuts because they were so expensive. Jonathan. (laughs) And I'm just, hey, this is 39 years ago. I'm coming clean. I got you. I got (laughs) you. I'd pop those macadamia nuts into my army jacket, and I would walk out of the store after paying for the cheap groceries with the macadamia nuts. Now, Donna, I grew up as a Jew. Mm-hmm. I grew up going to synagogue. Mm-hmm. I grew up knowing thou shalt not steal. It was, it was one of our Ten Commandments. Right. I knew that. But it was external to me, and I always justified it. I, they, they're making prof, profit on me with the other groceries. Mm-hmm. Why not lower the profit margin? <laughs> no, Sid will laugh when he hears this one. Yes, he will. <laughs> but but uh, that was my justification. Mm-hmm. There's a way that seems right to man, but it leads to death. I knew the Ten Commandments. Now I'm a believer, and I'm in the I'm in the grocery store, and same habit. The macadamia nuts go into my pocket. I pay for the groceries. I go out into the parking lot, and for the first time in my life, I feel conviction. I don't mm. even know what conviction is, but right. I feel guilt. I feel like I've done something wrong, and I hear a voice inside of my heart that says, Thou shalt not steal. Donna, I was so convicted that I went back into the grocery store, and return the macadamia nuts back to the shelf. Oh, my. Now, that's an example. It is. The new covenant. I will write my law on their hearts and minds. I knew it. It was external, though. Right. And now it was internal. The law of God had been written on my heart. The Holy Spirit was now convicting me, and thou shalt not steal became a reality to me. It was something that I now owned. Right. Because God had internalized it. Wow, that's powerful. So the first one is, I'll write my law in their hearts and minds. And that's happened to everyone who's accepted Jesus, accepted Yeshua into their heart. The Holy Spirit's come in, and the laws of God are no longer external, they're internal. They haven't been done mm-hmm. away with, they've been placed inside of us. Right. That is a prophetic uh, key. That's a mystery. What has happened to the law? Has it been done away with? No, it's been written in our hearts and minds. No longer on our shoulders. We're no longer under the burden of the law. It's inside of us. Number two is a relationship, and a unique relationship. The Lord says, first of all, I will write my law in, their, on your, in your hearts and minds. And then he says, you will, I will be your God and you will be my people. Mm. But what's unique about that? What's prophetic about that? What's mysterious about that? And the answer is that it's the relationship changes. Israel as a people had a relationship with God, but it was a distant relationship. It was a relationship as a nation. Mm-hmm. The people of Israel may, may have experienced the presence of God, but they couldn't touch the presence of God. They couldn't touch the mountain. They couldn't go into the Holy of Holies. But in the New Covenant, there is an access, a relationship change with God, where we no longer call him Adonai, mm-hmm. sir, we mm-hmm. no longer call him Hashem, the name. His name is no longer too holy to write or pronounce, but he becomes Abba. Mm, he becomes yes. Daddy. And we have, we have the authority to come into the throne room of God, to enter into the Holy of Holies. Hey, I want to encourage you that are listening today, go into the Holy Holies with boldness. Go into the throne room of God and make your request known with boldness and thanksgiving because that's part of the mystery of the new covenant. Yes. Oh, Donna, I want <laughs> three, Israel shall be saved. They'll no longer need to learn about the Lord. Mm-hmm. They'll all know him. Yes. And then the final one is, I will forgive their sins and remember their sins no more. Now understand this, that the animal sacrificial system covered sin in the Old Testament. It provided a way for a holy God to dwell among an unholy people, but it did not remove sin. It covered sin. Under the new covenant, and this is a prophetic mystery, the blood of Jesus, the blood of the Messiah, washes the sin away from us. Yes, yes. This is us. Right. Become completely renewed in him. The old passes away and all things become new. This is a forgive 
and forget proposition. And that is supernatural. (laughs) I agree with that. And I know everyone that's a believer is so, so thankful for that. I know I am. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Messianic Vision, and our very special guest today is Jonathan Burness. Sid and I want to encourage you to get Jonathan's eye-opening new book, Unlocking the Prophetic Mysteries of Israel. Now, Jonathan reveals keys to understanding Israel's place in the end times. Also, what events we should be looking for in tomorrow's headlines and startling truths about the relationship between Christians and Jews. Well, when we come back, Jonathan is going to share with us one of the most fascinating and supernatural history lessons in all of human history. Don't miss it. In just one moment, find out how you can get for free this prophetic book by Jonathan Burness, Unlocking the Prophetic Mysteries of Israel, and Sid Roth's testimony booklet, There Must Be Something More. An unprecedented supernatural door has opened. Large numbers of Jewish people are suddenly accepting Jesus as their Messiah and Lord like never before. They Thought for Themselves is a supernatural book that God gave Sid Roth in a dream. It is written from a Jewish perspective with 10 Jewish people telling their own stories to other Jewish people. The book relates to them and penetrates them in a way nothing else can. Now God has directed Sid Roth to bring this gospel message to 2 million Jewish people in America while the supernatural door remains open. Please call the number on the screen right now and say, yes, Sid, I will join Project 77, adopting seven Jewish people right now to lead them to Messiah. Most unsaved Jewish people don't have a believing family praying for them to come to know Jesus as their Messiah. When you call, you are saying, I will pray for their salvation, and I'm providing each of them a copy of They Thought for Themselves. Your gift of just $77 will provide this powerful book to seven Jewish people, and we will send you the names of your seven Jewish families so you can hold them up in prayer. In addition, we want to send you this beautiful keychain, a replica of the high priest's breastplate, which includes 12 stones, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Just as the high priest would be reminded by his breastplate to intercede for Israel, we pray that your keychain will remind you to hold up your seven Jewish names in prayer every time you use your keys. Plus, when you call, you will also receive your own copy of the book, They Thought for Themselves. This book will stir your faith to believe God for your own family's salvation. And for a limited time only, we will also send you a free copy of this prophetic book by Jonathan Burness, Unlocking the Prophetic Mysteries of Israel, Seven Keys to Understanding Israel's Role in the End Times, and Sid Roth's testimony booklet, There Must Be Something More. Through your gift of $77 or more, you will be helping to fulfill end-time Bible prophecy concerning the salvation of Israel and the Jewish people. You may feel that God is directing you now to reach 77 Jewish households by giving $777. $777 to reach 77 Jewish households is like bringing the gospel to an entire Jewish neighborhood. In Genesis 12, 3, God promises to bless those who bless the Jewish people. What blessing do you need? Family, salvation, health, more glory, finances. The heart of God at this moment is Jewish souls. Catch God's heart and watch His favor increase in your life. We must move while this supernatural door remains open. Each day, Jewish people in America pass into eternity without ever hearing a clear presentation of the gospel. Just as the door has opened supernaturally, it will close just as suddenly. Please call right now. Call now. Use the web or send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number P77 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Welcome back to Messianic Vision. I'm here today with Jonathan Burness, and we have been talking about keys to unlocking the prophetic mysteries of Israel. Jonathan, thank you for being here. This is so exciting to me. And I, I said before the break, we're going to talk about a very supernatural history lesson here. Why is it important for us to understand uh, Israel's role in, in God's end time plan when it comes to the, the restoration of Jerusalem? Why is that important? Well, for a few reasons, the, the, the bottom line, without a restored Israel and restored Jerusalem, Jesus can't return. 
Mm-hmm. And you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, as he wept over Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. What he was talking about is the the men of Israel, the people of Israel, crying out to him, in a res- it, which requires a restored land, a restored Jewish people to their land. Yes. And so Israel, and, and you know, many Christians understood this hundreds of years before Israel was restored to the Jewish people, that before the Messiah could return, the Jewish people had to come back to their land. That right. happened now. Right. Jerusalem and Israel's restoration 70 years ago with Israel and 50 years ago with Jerusalem is absolutely critical to God's plan for the redemption of the world and the physical reign of Messiah on the earth. Right, right. And and it was actually, I mean, it was totally destroyed, right? It was destroyed, and then the Jews were just dispersed. Completely destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD. Mm-hmm. And then finally, they, there, was a, there was this, this uh, attempt to uh, a backlash, a revolt mm-hmm. uh, in, in 135 AD. And with that, the Jews were completely banished from Israel yes. and scattered. We call it the dispersion or the diaspora to Europe and the other parts of the world. God did a very thorough job. Uh, and he warned us in advance. He said, if you don't follow my com- my commands, uh, you will be scattered to the nations of the world. Mm-hmm. And Sid and I were in China together some mm-hmm. years ago, in Kaifeng, China, and we met Jews. So God did a very thorough job of scattering us to the nations of the world. Right. Good news is, he said, I will bring you back in the last days. Yes. And he's doing that. Yes. And that's what you talked about earlier, why, why, you know, Satan hating Israel so much, why he did. And then all of this was a result of that. And I mean, and this disbursement and just the the slaughter and the, the treatment of the Jewish people, I mean, this went on for almost 2,000 years. Yes. And here's the sad thing, Donna, that may, I mean, the thing that makes it sadder, anti-Semitism has always existed. Mm-hmm. And I talk about that in detail in the book, because I believe it's a satanic strategy it's nothing more than an effort sure. of preservation. Mm-hmm. Satan is trying to keep God's death sentence from taking place, and he understands that that's through the Jewish people. So the simple logic is destroy the Jews, destroy the, the death sentence. The problem mm-hmm. with that is that God declares in Jeremiah 31 that as long as the sun shines by day and the moon and stars shine by night, they decree God's supernatural preservation of the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Donna, this is one of the greatest signs that God is alive and that his word is true. The preservation of the Jewish people, despite repeated efforts to mm-hmm. destroy the children of Abraham, right. is living proof that God is alive and well and fulfilling his word. Yes, and you know what? You you go into great detail in your book about this. I want everybody to be sure and get that, because I don't know if everybody understands the tragedy of this. And like we said, it was almost 2,000 years of this tragedy of the Jewish people. And when you can understand that, then you understand how supernatural it is for that prophecy to come true when they are restored. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the, um, the, the Six-Day War and when uh, Jerusalem was actually going to become a, a state, declaring their statehood again. Sure. So Israel was supernaturally restored in 1948, and the Arabs thought that it would just be a matter of days mm-hmm. before they defeated this ragtag army, <laughs> 600,000 right. Jews living in Israel, and they had no weapons to speak of. So they thought, we're going to wipe them out, and you'll you'll be able to come back to your home in a matter of days. Well, they failed, and for 19 years, Israel grew and flourished, and then uh, there was a mounting uh, offensive against Israel that uh, uh, Israel became aware of through intelligence sources. Mm-hmm. And Israel struck first, and bottom line, in six days, and it's interesting, six days, the Six-Day War, mm-hmm. Israel completely destroyed the Egyptian Air Force, actually in a matter of hours, and outnumbered 60 to 1, pushed back Jordan uh, to, the, uh, to the east, pushed uh, Syria back off of the Golan Heights mm-hmm. in the north, 
and pushed Egypt back, advancing all the way through the Sinai Peninsula. And and the greatest single event to come out of the Six-Day War was the restoration of Jerusalem, which had been under the uh, domination and control not of the Palestinians, but of Jordan. Right. And so this is the idea of the West Bank. And so in six days, and there's amazing stories of miracle after miracle where Israel was outnumbered, yes. was, was likely to be defeated, and confusion uh, came uh, to the Jordanian and mm-hmm. Egyptian forces. Mm-hmm. God did a great miracle. In six days, the enemy was defeated, and on the seventh day, they rested, and Jerusalem then came back into the hands of the Jewish people. That's the Six-Day War, and it was a miracle of God. And I think everybody, historians, um, biblical uh, scholars, everybody will agree, like you just said, this was a supernatural event. I like the way you said it, Jonathan, when you said this ragtag group of people, (laughs) because they were outgunned, they were um, uh, outmanned, nobody expected anything but total annihilation, and God supernaturally came through with a victory. Supernaturally. Donna, it's very similar to the story of Hanukkah that we celebrate every year around the same time that Christians celebrate Christmas. Mm -hmm. We are celebrating this miracle that this this tiny army defeated the, the greatest power in the world, and uh, and then the expansion of the oil that was enough for for one day lasted for eight. That's what happened in 1948. That's what happened in the Six Day War. Uh, vastly outnumbered, very limited military uh, uh, equipment, and yet Israel prevailed because God said in His Word He would preserve them and they would flourish when they came back into their land. Mm-hmm. And and is this truly one of the most prophetic things that we can look at, uh, Jonathan, to to say, yes, the the return of Jesus uh, soon is increasing more and more as we see these things happening? Absolutely. Without the restoration of the of the, the land of Israel back into the hands of the Jewish people, and particularly Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, they're, they're, Jesus simply couldn't return. These are direct signs of the last days. And now the outcasts of Israel are being restored Mm -hmm. to the the land of Israel in direct fulfillment of prophecies like Jeremiah 16. And I encourage you that are listening, read this, write this down, Jeremiah 16, verses 16 and following. Read Isaiah chapter 11. I will restore the outcasts of Israel in the last days. I will bring them back into their land. Read Ezekiel 37 and 38. I'm telling you, these are these are miracles that are taking place before our very eyes. Right. Prophetic signs of the last days taking place before our very eyes, and they signal the near return of the Messiah, Jesus, to the earth. Well, you know what? I, I said that this was going to be a, a fascinating and a supernatural history lesson here, and it certainly is. And we only touched on just a couple of minutes of all the things that you talk about in the book. So. To me, I don't know about those listening that didn't really know a lot about this history. It was just, as I said, fascinating and supernatural. And so I, for one, totally appreciate that. Well, let's take a little break. We're literally witnessing things today that the prophets of Israel longed to see. And Jonathan Burnus reveals it all in this powerful new resource, Unlocking the Prophetic Mysteries of Israel. When we come back, we'll talk more with Jonathan about Israel's role in end-time prophecy, how the destiny of the United States is even tied to Israel, and more about your role in this end-time plan. Stay with us. In just one moment, find out how you can get for free this prophetic book by Jonathan Burnus, Unlocking the Prophetic Mysteries of Israel, and Sid Roth's testimony booklet, There Must Be Something More. An unprecedented supernatural door has opened. Large numbers of Jewish people are suddenly accepting Jesus as their Messiah and Lord like never before. They Thought for Themselves is a supernatural book that God gave Sid Roth in a dream. It is written from a Jewish perspective with 10 Jewish people telling their own stories to other Jewish people. The book relates to them and penetrates them in a way nothing else can. Now God has directed Sid Roth to bring this gospel message to 2 million Jewish people in America while the supernatural door remains open. Please call the number on the screen right now and say, Yes, Sid, 
I will join Project 77, adopting seven Jewish people right now to lead them to Messiah. Most unsaved Jewish people don't have a believing family praying for them to come to know Jesus as their Messiah. When you call, you are saying, I will pray for their salvation, and I'm providing each of them a copy of They Thought for Themselves. Your gift of just $77 will provide this powerful book to seven Jewish people, and we will send you the names of your seven Jewish families so you can hold them up in prayer. In addition, we want to send you this beautiful keychain, a replica of the high priest's breastplate, which includes 12 stones, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Just as the high priest would be reminded by his breastplate to intercede for Israel, we pray that your keychain will remind you to hold up your seven Jewish names in prayer every time you use your keys. Plus, when you call, you will also receive your own copy of the book, They Thought for Themselves. This book will stir your faith to believe God for your own family's salvation. And for a limited time only, we will also send you a free copy of this prophetic book by Jonathan Burness, Unlocking the Prophetic Mysteries of Israel, Seven Keys to Understanding Israel's Role in the End Times, and Sid Roth's testimony booklet, There Must Be Something More. Through your gift of $77 or more, you will be helping to fulfill end-time Bible prophecy concerning the salvation of Israel and the Jewish people. You may feel that God is directing you now to reach 77 Jewish households by giving $777. $777 to reach 77 Jewish households is like bringing the gospel to an entire Jewish neighborhood. In Genesis 12:3, God promises to bless those who bless the Jewish people. What blessing do you need? Family, salvation, health, more glory, finances. The heart of God at this moment is Jewish souls. Catch God's heart and watch His favor increase in your life. We must move while this supernatural door remains open. Each day, Jewish people in America pass into eternity without ever hearing a clear presentation of the gospel. Just as the door has opened supernaturally, it will close just as suddenly. Please call right now. Call now, use the web, or send your check to Sid Roth, It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number P77 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Welcome back to Messianic Vision. I'm here with Jonathan Burness. And Jonathan, we were talking about what I called the most fascinating and supernatural history lesson uh, on our last segment. And you said there was one other thing that you wanted to be sure and mention before we move on. Yeah, thank you, Don. I wanted to just circle back on the last 2,000-year history of anti-Semitism. And the tragic thing is that this anti-Semitism has come through the identified church, those, in other words, those that have called themselves Christians. Hey, Jonathan, let me ask you one question. Will you define anti-Semitism to me, please, and, and to those listening, just in case, just in case? If anti-Semitism is an illogical hatred of Jewish people, mm. it takes, takes three forms. You can't live among us because you're Jewish uh, as Jews. Mm -hmm. In other words, you, you can't remain Jewish. Then you can't live among us because you're Jews. In other words, banishment, which has happened to the Jewish people for the last uh, uh, 2,000 years in the name of Christ and Christianity. And mm. the third thing is because you're Jews, you can't live. And that's what we saw during the Holocaust. That's what the book of Esther talks about. Yes. Kill all the Jews. Again, I don't believe it's illogical. I believe it's satanic. Mm -hmm. So it has, mm -hmm. a, this is a satanic effort to keep the seed promise from being fulfilled and hit the pronouncement of God to destroy Satan from taking place. Yes. But it's tragic that this has come through those that have identified themselves as Christians for almost 2,000 years. Mm -hmm. That's where we have to combat replacement theology, which is a very early teaching in the Church that God rejected the Jewish people because of the rejection of Jesus as the Messiah, and they're now under God's judgment. So don't come against what's happening against the Jewish people. Actually support it. Don't pray against it. Mm -hmm. Support it. Mm -hmm. And sadly, uh, Christians have fallen prey to that, or those who have identified as Christians. Now, the Bible says that a true Christian is called to provoke the Jewish people to jealousy, 
a true Christian is to pray for the Jewish people. Yes. To pray daily for Jerusalem, and a true Christian is to is to is to love the Jewish people as the brethren of mm-hmm. their Savior, of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's just a sad history lesson that I needed to point out. We have to we have to turn that around because the perception of Jewish people, and Donna, I was raised this way. Sid was yeah. raised this way. Yeah. That Christians don't like Jews, mm-hmm. and in fact, true Christians need to demonstrate their love for the Jewish people and let them know that they love them because of their Messiah. Sure, and you know what? I am so, so glad that people like yourself, Jonathan, and also Sid, and so many others now are bringing forth this truth that, as you said, that was an illogical hatred. And so I I love the truth that you guys are bringing out. And that brings us actually to our next key that you said will unlock prophetic mysteries of Israel. And that was understanding this. And we hear Sid say this all the time. The gospel is to the Jew first. Talk to us about that. Yeah, and Sid and I, uh, we're, this, this is part of our lifetime calling. Yes. Bringing the gospel to our own people. And uh, the, the error that has crept into the church in addition to replacement theology is with Christians that love the Jewish people unto death. And the idea that I mentioned earlier, that there's a doctrine, and it's called dual covenant theology, that says that the Jewish people have suffered enough, leave them alone, they have a separate plan uh, that leads to salvation apart from Jesus. Mm. Well, that's not what the Bible teaches. No. One name given under heaven by which we must be saved, and his name is Yeshua. That's his Hebrew name. It means salvation. Mm -hmm. There's no other name. He's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through him. And Paul says this in Romans 1, 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. And then it, he goes on and says, to the Jew first, and then to the nations, yes. to the Gentiles. Yes. So not only do the Jewish people need Yeshua, but in, in God's priority, the gospel is to go to them first. And we see Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, demonstrating this by going to the synagogue in every city he traveled to first and sharing with the Jewish community that Jesus, Yeshua, is the Messiah, their promised Messiah. Christians need to do this. They, you, that friend, that co-worker that God has put into your life is not there by accident. Mm-hmm. You need to share the gospel with them, and you need to pray for ministries like Jewish Voice and Messianic Vision yes. that are reaching out to the Jewish people because the gospel is first to the Jew in every nation where they've been scattered. And that's a priority, Donna, that I'm afraid has been lost in missions, in Christian missions. The priority to bring the gospel to yes. the Jew yes. first. Donna, Sid used to illustrate this. I remember Sid preaching this message several times about a passenger ship, a big passenger ship that's sinking and a little boat that's sinking. And the logic is to go after the passenger ship, but go after the small boat. Mm-hmm. And that's the picture of the gospel to the Jew first. There is just a tiny group of people, but they're the key that yes. locks the door to revival for the entire world. The gospel is to the Jew first and God's priority, and it remains a priority in his plan. That is awesome. I'm glad you added that, Jonathan. And, you know, I was thinking, too, this also goes along with what we were talking about earlier. There is a promise, a blessing that, that God has given to those who bless Israel, that, that bless the Jewish people. And, you know, I'm thinking about organizations like yours and SIDS, um, those that support organizations like that, that promise, that blessing is there for them as well. That is one of the ways that they can, they can bless Israel and the Jewish people. So I, I absolutely love that. Talk to me a little bit about life from the dead. That was one of the things in your book that just really jumped out at me when I was reading that. So the language is from Romans chapter 11. Romans 9, 10, and 11 are the definitive New Testament scriptures for understanding God's heart for and plan, future plan for the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. And Paul's teaching in these three chapters by first laying out his own burden for the people of Israel as the apostle to the Gentiles by saying he would give up his own eternity for their salvation. Now, he's not talking about 
laying down his life. He's talking about laying down his eternal life, mm. knowing that, that the, the, the horrors of hell and the riches of heaven, he says, I would lay it all down, knowing that uh, this means spending eternity separated from God in darkness. These are the very people that beat him and stoned him yes. and left him for dead, and yet he's saying, I'd be willing to lay down my life for their salvation, my eternal life for their salvation. Mm-hmm. And he's speaking to Gentiles, he's mm-hmm. speaking to the church at Rome, and he's saying, I would lay down my eternity not for you, but for the people of Israel. Why would he say that? Well, first of all, because it's God's heart. He's yes. revealing God's heart for the salvation of, of the Jewish people, the prodigal son that he's longing to return but also because he understands and reveals in, in two chapters later in Romans 11 that as in the same way their rejection brought salvation to the Gentiles. In other words, the rejection of the Jewish people of their Messiah brought you that are listening into salvation mm-hmm. 2,000 years later. You're saved today because of the rejection of the Jewish people and the faithfulness of the Jewish disciples that took the gospel around the world. Mm -hmm. He says, if their rejection brought you salvation, what's going to happen when they return? And he tells us it will bring life from the dead. That's talking about revival. That's talking about world restoration. That's talking, Don, about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Mm -hmm. the world. That's the Joel promise that my spirit will be poured out on all flesh, but it will come about when Israel receives her Messiah. And I believe that's another reason Paul said, I'll lay, I would lay down my very eternity to watch this happen, to watch the world experience hmm. life from the dead and the restoration of the world to the time before the fall of Adam. It's so exciting, this idea of life from the dead, because it affects every person that's listening. Yes. Your and family saved? Yes. You want your community saved? Yes. You want this nation saved? You want to see revival come to the world? Then bring the gospel to the Jew first. Their acceptance brings life from the dead. Yes. You know what? Uh, you you had a line that just jumped out at me that said, when, when life comes from the dead, we will be living in a world that operates as it was originally intended to. What does that world look like, Jonathan? This is a world, Donna, without sickness. It's a world without pain. It's a world free from death, a world free from suffering of any kind. We're talking about a world that looks like God Mm -hmm. intended it to be and was before the fall of man. And it can and will happen, and everyone that's listening can help to make it happen. And this is, we're talking about the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit the world has ever known, and the greatest defeat of the enemy, uh, which is which is defeating death. Death is not final. Why? Because Jesus, Yeshua, broke the chains of death, and he turned death into a temporary problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Life is coming from the dead, is Israel is restored, and every person listening can play a role through prayer and proclamation right. and financial support to bring that day to pass. Imagine, Donna, the graves being open, yes. the dead being raised, and that day's drawing near. Yes. Now, let me ask you this question. Things are happening. Things are getting better. Uh, people are teaching. People are learning. Are the Jews more open to Jesus now than they have been in years past? I think the answer is yes, but it's in more remote places. Sid and I saw tens of thousands of Jewish people in the former Soviet Union open to the gospel, hear the gospel, and respond to the gospel. Those doors were open for a season in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Our ministry now is seeing tremendous fruit among Jewish tribes that have been lost to the world. Mm -hmm. God has always known Mm -hmm. where they are with groups like the Lemba tribe. Yes, These are descendants of the Levites that live in the bush of Zimbabwe in South Africa. We're seeing God move among the Ethiopian Jews, known as the Beta Israel, the House of Israel. We're seeing God move among other Jewish communities uh, in places like South America, where we've seen Jews in Argentina in particular mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. respond to the gospel. So yes, there is an openness to the Jewish uh, to the gospel among Jewish people. I think there's a growing openness in Israel. 
I think America's lagging behind a bit, but the day is coming very soon when there'll be a new openness in America among the six million Jews that live in this country. Yes. And now you mentioned the United States of America. Is is that actual destiny tied to Israel? Well, I think the destiny of every nation mm-hmm. is tied to Israel uh, very clearly. Uh, the, the Israel is the center. The, the nation of Israel, the, the, the land of Israel, the people of Israel— is the center. Jerusalem's the, the, the epicenter of the whole of this map. And any country that curses Israel will be out of the picture, and any country that blesses Israel will be blessed and part of the picture. And I believe the recent decision to honor a 25-year-old commitment to move yes. the American embassy to Jerusalem will result in unprecedented blessing for this nation. So I think yes. President Trump is tied into a biblical blessing, perhaps without even realizing it. I'm you know, that's what I was going to say. I think we're actually starting to move in that direction. And so I say, yes, America, bless Israel, bless Israel, so that we may also be blessed. And, you know, I've heard over the years about the different ages in, in history uh, biblical ages and different uh, different times. You talk about the coming messianic age. Explain. I think that the millennial kingdom, which is a very a more common uh, uh, description or terminology among um, among Christians, which comes from Revelation uh, twenty verses one through six, a thousand year reign is actually a picture of the messianic age that all of the prophets of Israel saw and wrote about. Mm-hmm. An era of peace where the wolf and the and the lamb lay down together, where children can handle serpents, Isaiah chapter 11, where swords are beaten into plowshares. Uh, I, I believe that that's speaking of a messianic age where Jesus, Yeshua, is ruling physically, bodily out of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a literal thousand years or not, I, I'm not going to yes. get into. Yes, but it is an age, a literal promise that will be literally fulfilled, where death will disappear, will there be no more wars? Mm-hmm. It'll be an amazing, amazing time, and we get to be part of it. I just want to make sure, Donna, that we fulfill our destiny now, before that period of history comes. Because right, we will be judged on how we live this life now. The millennium is going to be great. The messianic age is going to be great. But let's do our part now. Yes. Uh, Because in the messianic age, the world will be filled with the knowledge of God. Israel will know the Lord. Mm -hmm. The Jewish people will be regathered to to their homeland. There won't be death anymore. There won't be hunger or illness. Yes. uh, Because the dead will rise again, and there won't be weapons of war. The temple will be rebuilt the barren land will become fruitful again, but that is not the condition of the earth now. Correct. Now is when we are needed. Listen, yes. Folks, now is when you are needed. I'm speaking to many of you that are listening. God is looking for you to fulfill your destiny, the destiny that he ordained for you before you were ever born. So I want to say this, get in the game. Yes. The move of the Holy Spirit and be used to bring about this coming messianic age. Do it now. We have to do the works of him who sent us while it is yet day, because night will come when no one can work mm-hmm. before we come into this, this, this messianic age. So let's be about the Father's business. Yes. Well, this is definitely some exciting, exciting information about our role and what we can do to usher in this restoration of all things. Jonathan, we are going to say goodbye to everybody in just a moment, but I would love to have you pray for those that are listening before we do. Thank you. I'd love to close that way. And I just want to encourage you that are listening. God has a plan for your life and Everything that he's given you, he's given with someone else in mind. So please don't waste another day of serving him in the supernatural. Lord, I pray for a release, a fresh release of prophetic anointing, of supernatural anointing, of signs, of wonders, of creative miracles being released into the life of every listener. In the name of Yeshua, I bless you. And I speak the blessing of Israel over you. I will bless those that bless Israel. May you be blessed as you blessed Israel, and may you come into the full destiny that God has ordained for your life. In the name of Yeshua, 
the Messiah of Israel, and the Savior of the world. I pray for you and bless you. Amen. Amen. I'm Donna Chavis, and I want to thank our special guest today, Jonathan Burness, for being with us. Without understanding Israel, you cannot understand the end times. We are literally witnessing things today that the prophets of Israel long to see, yet few believers have this full revelation. Well, for your donation of 77 U.S. dollars, you'll receive Jonathan Burness's book, Unlocking the Prophetic Mysteries of Israel as our free gift of appreciation to you. You'll also receive a beautiful keychain that's a replica of the High Priest's Breastplate, Sid's book They Thought for Themselves, and also Sid's testimony booklet, There Must Be Something More. When you partner with Project 77, your gift helps us reach seven unsaved Jewish households in North America. Sid's evangelistic book, They Thought for Themselves, will be sent to each of the seven Jewish households, and you'll receive the names of each one of these so that you can pray for them. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or you can go to the website at sidroth.org slash p77. That's sidroth.org. Dot org slash p77 be sure to ask for offer number p77 that's offer number p77